Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Discover Church. Today, we're honoring all of our grandparents. You know, today is National Grandparents Day. It was established back in uh, 1979. And it was a time set aside in our nation so that we might recognize those that have gone before us and have carved the way for us. And so for every grandparent, great-grandparent in the house today, we applaud you. Amen? We're excited to have you in the house today. You know, family is important. Family is important to God. You know, much of what God chooses to accomplish here on this earth, he's chosen to accomplish through families. He chose to populate this earth, starting with Adam and Eve, establishing a family, and that would become the basic building block for society and for culture. He chose the family of Aaron in the Old Testament to establish his spiritual priesthood on the earth. He chose the family of David. We know him as King David to govern Israel and his offspring. God has chosen the family to be the primary training center for all things pertaining to life and to living. Family is important to God. And I would tell you this morning that your family is important to God. God chose the family. He chose it very carefully to be the unit by which the baton of faith would be passed on from generation to generation. Now I want you to listen carefully to Psalm 78. I want you to see what it has to say about this transmission of faith from one generation to another. Psalm 78, starting with verse 1. Listen to what the psalmist says. He says, oh, my people, listen to my instruction. So he said, this is very important. I want you to listen. And then he goes on to say, open your ears to what I am saying. For I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from the past, our past. Stories that we've heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. So the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Now, do you notice the number of times where it says one generation is going to pass on the baton of faith to the next generation? One generation is going to teach the next, which will teach the next. In Psalm 145, it says this. This is the Psalm of David. He summarizes what we just read in Psalm 78, and it summarizes this way. Let every generation tell its children your mighty acts, and let them proclaim your power. Grandparents. You know, grandparenting is absolutely a blast. It's the best of the best. You know, it's love on steroids. You love your children. And then as soon as your grandchildren are born, it's something inside of you that just multiplies out that love. You know, one of the other benefits to being a grandparent is you get to play with toys again. 
You can go to the park and swing on swings and go down slides and no one will think you're weird as long as you got your grandkids with you. You can eat ice cream for breakfast. You can read books, once again, that only have five words on a page. And the entire book is comprised of only 10 pages. And if you dare to skip one word of those five words, your grandkids will call you on it. We all get to retell our stories as grandparents of our childhood. Stories that maybe our own kids don't even want to hear anymore. Of all the roles that we play in life, and there are many of them, we all have many titles in life. Not as sweeter than hearing Papa, Dada, Grandpa, Gramps. I answer to them all. It's such a privilege to come alongside of our children and to be another voice to the next generation, to their children, declaring the goodness of God. Now, I was always a little bit jealous of my older brothers and sister because they spoke so fondly of their relationship with our grandparents. You see, by the time that I was born, three of my grandparents had already passed away. I did not have a grandfather. And so when I came into the point of life where I was a grandfather, I had to kind of just figure this thing out on my own. I wasn't quite sure what a grandfather was, what a grandfather should do, and I did not have one. However, I did have one grandmother still living when I was born. And I loved spending time with Grandma Brooks. She helped me connect and realize that I was part of a very large extended family. That I had family members living on the West Coast. I had them in the South. I had them in the East. I had family members of all, you know, ages and all kinds of jobs. I began to realize through Grandma, I was attached to all of these other extended family members around the nation. You know, grandparents, we're the glue that binds the generations together then. The Bible says we bind them with the past, the present, and the future. You know, grandparents, they pass down skills and traditions that might otherwise be forgotten by families. I want you to think about it for a moment. How would you celebrate Memorial Day or the 4th of July or Thanksgiving or Christmas? or New Year's. When you begin to think about it, much of that has been passed on from generation to generation. We celebrate the way that our grandparents celebrated. You know, when I think about celebrations, when I think about traditions, I think of my mother and her caramel roll recipe and her baking techniques, which she passed down while she was living. She lived to be 100. She passed them down to four generations. And making rolls with grandma was not only just to have some, you know, scrumptious rolls and wonderful eating. It was her time of one-on-one discipleship with each one of the grandchildren. They would stand on a chair and they would stir, you know, the, the dough and they would get things ready. And she would teach them how to not only do the task of making rolls, but she also taught them about Jesus. She taught them about the family. She talked about her history. Talked about where her family came from in northern uh, Norway. All of this she began to instill 
into the next generation. You know, a grandparent's prayers are highly valued by grandchildren. You know, whenever my grandchildren, rather my children, whenever they were not feeling well, they would often ask, did you tell grandma? Because they knew that grandma's prayers were like a nuke. And all they'd have to do is just say, grandma, you know, I've got a need. And they would know that grandma would be praying. And all of this she knew a long time before Gruber Law Offices would advertise just one call, that's all it takes. They knew all it takes is just one call. Call grandma, no matter what it is that's going on, she would care and she would be on her knees interceding. You know the old saying, the more is caught than taught, that is especially true when it comes to grandparenting. You know, children of all ages, they are, they are imitators. They imitate those that they respect and love in their life. My grandson, Cohen, which is just now one years old, we were sitting in the backyard this past week and he was tossing a ball to his sister, Chloe. And uh, Chloe was, had a catcher's mitt on and every once in a while, and I would have to say by pure luck, the ball would end up in the catcher's mitt. And whenever that would happen, we would all applaud and say, good job, Cohen, good job, good job. And he would clap as well. And uh, while I was holding him, and because I was holding him and having one arm around him, I did not have two hands free to do the clapping. And so I would clap like this. And I noticed that Cohen was looking like, that's weird. But maybe that's what we're supposed to do. And so now, Cohen looks up at me, and he starts clapping like this. <laughs> More is caught than taught. I was thinking about the crossing over of the Jordan by the children of Israel. And uh, Joshua commanded them, once you reach the other side safely, what I want you to do is take 12 stones. I want you to stack them alongside of the River Jordan. And for generations to come, when they see that stack of 12 rocks, your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren will ask the question, what in the world do these rocks mean? And you are to respond and tell them how God brought us across the Jordan during high flood season on dry ground, miraculously. And so this story was to be told and retold. And he said, every time they see the stones, they're going to wonder, what does this mean? I like to think of it in the sense of young grandchildren watching us pray at a table and wondering, why do we do this? Why do we pause before we eat? Why do we pause and pray like that? Why do we pray for one another in the family? Why is it during family devotions we have this time of prayer? Why do we read the Bible? Why do we go to God's house on a Sunday? More is caught than taught. And they begin to watch and see, and they begin to have values of their own. And it's not long, and you'll begin to see that little one in their high chair. They'll hold their hands, and they know that before they eat, there's something that should happen and that's to thank God for what he has provided. More is caught than taught. Now I want you to listen to what it has to say 
once again here in Psalm 78. In Psalm 78, it's talking about how we must be intentional about passing the baton of faith on to the next generation. Look at verse 2. It says, I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories we've heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. About his power and his mighty works or mighty wonders. Notice there, if we take that kind of phrase by phrase for a moment, I will teach the hidden lessons from our past. That's our family history. You know, no one else can tell the family history but you. You know, there are many things that I think about now that I certainly wish that I would have asked my parents about while they were living. Because now that whole part of history is gone and buried with them. The Bible says, I will teach you the hidden lessons from our past. Where did our family come from? How did they end up in South Dakota? How did, you know, my great-grandfather and others come from the South and find themselves in Iowa and then up into the Dakotas? I will teach you the hidden lessons from our past. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We'll make sure the next generation understands where our family lineage has come from, some of the struggles we've had, where God has brought us from in our spiritual walk. We will not hide these truths from our children. Now listen how it sums it all up here. We will tell the next generation and says, we will tell them the glorious deeds of the Lord. We will tell about his power and his mighty wonders. Now what the psalmist is saying here, he is saying you must be very intentional about telling the next generation your personal testimony of God's glorious deeds, his power, and his miracles. Tell them the age-old stories of the Bible and tell it to them over and over. I was so blessed as we watched that little video that was taken last Wednesday here in the church of our youngins as they were talking about their grandparents. And how often they said, when they come to grandma's house, grandma is sharing the word of God, reading Bible stories to them. So we ought to tell them the old stories of the Bible and tell it over and over. The story of Adam and Eve and how God created them and placed them in the garden, how they willfully sinned and how God made a way that they might be brought back into relationship with him. They need to know that story. They need to know the story of Noah and that ark and what caused God to destroy the world with a worldwide flood. They need to know why God spared eight individuals and what kind of a lifestyle was Noah and his eight children. How were they living their lives that God said, my grace is going to be sufficient for you and I will save you out of all the persons on planet earth. They need to know about Daniel and the lion's den. They need to know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When everyone else was bowing to the culture, they stood. They need to know the stories. Tell them how God has changed your life. Tell them of how he has blessed your family. 
how at times when it seemed like there was no way, God made a way just as he made a way through the Red Sea for the children of Israel. There was financial needs, there were problems, there was sickness, there was no answers, and God came on the scene and brought us through. The next generation needs to know these stories. Parents, grandchildren are important. Grandparents, these children are important to you. Pass on the baton of faith. You know, the passing of the baton is clearly seen. As you read in the scriptures, you'll find generations. If you go back into the Old Testament, you'll find the patriarchs. And when it's speaking of the patriarchs, it just kind of rattles off as almost as just one. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know why it says Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? It's three generations. Abraham, the grandfather. His son, Isaac. And then Jacob. You'll find that there's a succession of the faith. And the Lord is trying to show us in Scripture of how important it is that this faith, this personal faith, be passed on and shared from generation to generation. And so you read about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In the New Testament, you read about Timothy. It is interesting, when Paul talks to Timothy, he says this to Timothy, Timothy, when I see you and I see the kind of faith that's in you, I have seen that faith before. You know where I've seen it? He said, I saw it in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I see that same faith in you. There's been a passing of the baton of faith, starting with grandmother to daughter, from daughter to son, from Abraham to Isaac, from Isaac to Jacob, and from Jacob to his 12 sons. Let me encourage you this morning, pass the baton. While growing up, my three children, they lived 650 miles away from their four grandparents in South Dakota. And seeing that need in their life, there was three key individuals that came forward and wanted to become, you know, very important to my children as kind of like surrogate grandparents. No way trying to replace the relationship with their grandparents, merely to say, while you're in our community, we're going to sow into your life. And it was Vern and Edith Waldron. Both of them have gone on to heaven. But they would spend time inviting my kids over to their home and sit at their table, play games with them and encourage them and sharing the stories that predates my coming to this community. So they would have a history. They would know what God has been up to long before we ever arrived. Goldie Barris is another one. Goldie, I'm sure, taught for at least 60 years in Sunday school here. You could walk by and look into the classroom where Goldie was, and Goldie would be on the floor, and she would be playing the, the role of, a, of the whale, Jonah and the whale. And all the kids in the classroom, their eyes were big, and, you know, she would be rolling on the floor and telling them the story. But she did that for my son, my two daughters. Whenever there was a need, she was always there. She was the one that would show up and say, how can I help? We stepped out of the home for just a few hours one day, and we came back home, and she had reposted all of our chairs around our table. All I'm saying is that here she was at a stage 
in her life where she needed to be around younger individuals. You see, if you only hang out with the old, you begin to think old. That's right. And if you only hang around the old, it's not long, and you, all you see is where you've been rather than where you're going. And I believe that the best is always yet to come. And I believe the best is before us, not somewhere behind us. And so you too can make a difference. Jane Chateau came into my office yesterday, and uh, I looked up and I, I saw her standing there, and, and on Saturdays, she's normally not the one that comes into my office during the day, and uh, I said to her, I says, Jane, I just typed your name. She said, for what? I said, because I want to tell everyone on Sunday, you know, just how you have stepped in. You know, you have no grandchildren in this city. You have no other extended family here in this city. But you have become a grandmother to many. This past week on just one day, one day. And here's a lady that's, I mean, she is busy all the time. But on one day, she started out the morning by going over to the Wooten's house because the Wooten's all had, you know, responsibilities and so on early in the morning. And so she was there to get the kids off to school. And then at noontime, Pastor Tonto and his wife and family, they had a responsibility they had to be at. And, and so she came over and watched Pastor Tonto's kids. And then that evening, all of this in one day, and then that evening, it was the celebration of uh, Pastor Josh and Stephanie. It was their anniversary. And so she went over and babysat at their home. And when this lady is in the house, She's always empty. She's always passing the baton. She's always allowing them to know a little bit about her history, the history of what God has done in her life and the family, and she's always serving. Let me just say to you today, you too can make a difference. Maybe you have no grandchildren in the greater Milwaukee area. Maybe they are 650 miles away like my kids when they grew up. They all had grandparents, but so far away. Matter of fact, out of the four grandparents, there's only one that's left living, and that's uh, uh, Sherry's father, which just turned 92 years of age. And one of the, the wonderf wonderful pictures that I will treasure all life long is that treasure of that picture when you were just out there with, uh, with the grandparents for his birthday. He and Luke are just buds. I have no idea what they were talking about. I'm not sure whether he promised, you know, marshmallows when he got ready to go or not. Nonetheless, here he was in that picture, and that picture says something, that I am connected. I'm connected to the past, I'm connected to the present, and I have a glorious future. You too can make a difference. You know, a relay race, is a track and field event where a team of four athletes, they run predetermined distances in a sprint race, each passing a rod-like object called a baton to the next person, then to continue on in the race. The last runner of the relay is called an anchor. The most crucial moment in a relay race is that baton exchange between the two runners. Here's the deal. 
the baton exchange has to happen within 20 meters of what is called the changeover box. And that distance would be approximately from that speaker on the floor here to this speaker over here. It is during that time when the transition must take place. It must be passed on, it must be received by the next runner within that particular distance or they'll be disqualified. Now that's happened a number of times in the uh, United States, you know, in the uh, Olympics and their, their, uh, their failure to get the baton into the hands. They've dropped it in some occasions, other things have happened. But at the moment you do that, you're disqualified. And it must happen within this space. If, for example, I hand it off, saying that that is the end of the marker, I hand it off here, it's too late. Now, I think there's something we can learn from this. I think that we have to be sensitive to the timing when we have our conversations with each other. You know that little touch and, and twinge of the Holy Spirit that reminds us that maybe we should say something? That maybe this is the moment when God is speaking? That we would be sensitive to know that there is a time and that we dare not delay. Dropping the baton disqualifies the team. And so passing the baton of faith, it requires several things. Number one, it requires teamwork. Parents and grandparents working together. It's all about timing. And then there's a moment in that relay race where you're running, you're running alongside of each other, and you're doing it together as you're passing off the baton. You know, it has been said that the church is always just one generation away from extinction. If you want to challenge that, go to Judges chapter 2. And in Judges chapter 2, it tells us, there arose after the death of Joshua and after the elders of Israel, there arose a generation that knew not God. And the Bible says they failed to pass on all the miracles that had happened in the 40 years while they were there in the wilderness. All of this was lost. They dropped the baton, and it resulted in a whole generation that grew up that knew not God. Every generation needs to extend that baton of faith to the next generation. The greatest legacy, Billy Graham says this, he said, the greatest legacy one can pass on to one's grandchildren is not money or other material things accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy of character and faith. Pass the baton. Pastor John and Krista, would you come and help me for a moment? Krista, I want you to stand just ahead of your dad. Will you do that, please? Ahead. There we go. Here's the baton of faith. 
My mom and dad came from families that knew nothing about God. And on a Sunday night, my dad dared step into the back door of the church. And when he came in and sat in the back row, that night when the preacher was preaching, it gripped him to the the depth of his being. And he came home and he said to my mother, you've been talking to that preacher, haven't you? He seemed to know all about me. No, I did not talk to the preacher. Really didn't even know that preacher. We were attending the Presbyterian Church. That's over the Assembly of God Church. The next Sunday night, he went back, went forward and gave his life to Christ. My mother gave her life to Christ. That's your great-grandparents. When I was five years old, I knelt at an altar right down over there in the little church I was raised in. At the age of seven, I remember so clearly, literally standing at our little kitchen nook and telling my mother, I just have a sense that God is calling me into the ministry. At the age of 17, at a Bible camp in Aberdeen, South Dakota, at Lake Richmond, I heard the call of God that just sent my life on a brand new trajectory from that moment on. All my plans, everything I wanted, everything my dad wanted for my life, all of that was set aside. I knew that I had to obey the Heavenly Father. That's what God has done in my life. He's been with me, he's been guiding me. There have been times when your Aunt Stacy would be so sick on Saturday night Her fevers would soar to 107. Doctors could not find what it was. And I remember walking, holding this little little button, walking back and forth, praying, God, God, you've got to break in. God would heal and restore, and he did. Times when it seemed like it was over, you didn't know what to do next, and God gave insight and wisdom. He financially has met our needs. God has been good. Son, I want you to know that. Pass it on to you. Krista, you're our first grandchild. I remember the night you were born, that day. I couldn't wait to get to the hospital to see this little girl that God brought into our family. And because you're the the only grandchild for a while, you had quite an entourage. Do you know when we go to a park, you had a whole big family following you. When you get on the swing, everyone wanted to help push the swing. When you came down the slide, everyone wanted to be there to catch you. You are first. You're very special to us. We love you dearly. 
And I know your daddy loves you. Your mama loves you. You've got grandparents, the Reedies, that love you. You're blessed. And we pass on to the next generation. Grandpa, dad, granddaughter. And we pass the baton. But if we miss passing it along, if I miss giving it to my son, and if my son misses giving it to his daughter, what a tragedy. It's one thing to be in a race, a relay race, even a race like in the 2016 Olympics when the women were running for America. They were way ahead. It was a sure deal. And now it was time to pass off the baton to the anchor. And the anchor was bumped and they dropped the baton. It's one thing to do that in the Olympics and how absolutely discouraging that has to be. Quite something else to drop it and not send it on to the next generation. That's why the scriptures say, tell the story. Thank you for coming helping me this morning, honey. I want to pray this morning for every grandparent in the house. And we want to bless you this morning. So we're going to ask. They're going to begin to sing a song that talks about the blessing. And as they're singing that song, I want you to think about the words that they're singing. It's talking about generations, generation after generation. The blessing of the Lord and that the blessing of the Lord will be upon our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. And as many as the Lord our God shall bless us with. So I want you to come, every grandparent in the house, I want you to stand here towards the congregation so we can bless you and pray for you this morning. You come as they sing.